0: Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of Makers Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. I will tell you, I am excited. I've got a word from the Lord today. If you were uh, thinking I was going to speak for five minutes and we were out, listen, I know there's Christmas goodies out there, but just hang on. Hang on. I don't know if I've ever been more burdened on a Christmas Sunday to release the word the Lord has given me for his people. And so I want us to take a minute today and really prepare our hearts, because I believe I believe that God is gonna do something supernatural for those who are ready to make room to receive what he's saying. If you're with me, somebody say amen. I want you right now, I want you to open up your hands like you're getting ready to catch something. And I just want you to invite the Holy Spirit to have his way over the next few minutes in our hearts. Father, we love you and we thank you so much. God, for your goodness, Jesus, we celebrate the fact that you were willing to come to this earth. And you were willing to come and live knowing that you were born to die. And, Lord, we praise you today that we can come and we have hope, we have life, we have joy in you. And, Lord, I ask over the next few minutes, Father, that you would give us ears to hear and a heart to understand what you are saying, God, even right now, Lord, to your church in the earth. And, Father, I pray that as we leave today, God, we don't just leave encouraged, we leave equipped, God, to walk in the fullness, God, of what you have for us and we can give you praise, God, because we know this season really is all about you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. If you're ready, say amen. Amen. Be seated all over the room today. Hallelujah. Man, that was so beautiful. I don't know um, if you know a lot about Makers Church if you're you're newer today, but I will tell you, we are a church that is committed to providing opportunities for our sons, for our daughters, and just to continue to make room for the arts. How many of you guys know the world did not make up the arts? We did. The kingdom did. And so we want to make room for them. And I'm so grateful that we can see them and give them opportunities for their gifts and talents to be used. But church, I'm excited today as we get to celebrate Christmas. I don't know about you, but I love Christmas. Anybody else love Christmas? Okay, a couple. Good. You came on a good day if you do. But I love Christmas, and listen, for lots of reasons, not just because of my moderate obsession with Little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. Even, listen, listen, hang on now, hang on. The Bible says let your moderation be known to all men, so because it's a moderate obsession, I think I'm good. But I'll tell you, I did have one last night to make sure I was at my best for today, you know what I'm saying? But I love Christmas for so many reasons because when I get into the Christmas season church, I really don't just think about the birth of Jesus, I think about the fullness of what Jesus has accomplished. I don't just think about the the, the birth, I think about the fullness of God's plan. Listen, the fullness of God's plan brought life and love and liberty to each of us for eternity. The fullness of his plan brought life, love, and liberty to each of us, not just for now, but for forever. And so understand something. I've got these three here just to help me for a minute. But the reality is this, is when I look at all three of these things, I see something different, but I'll see it pointing to the same ending. But when I look at these, churches, listen, when I, when I start to think about the manger and the cross and the crown, I can't help but get overwhelmed with gratitude for the God that we get to. Not that we have to. We get to know and love and serve. If you believe that, somebody say amen. And so I want you to see this today. When I see the manger, here's what I see. When I see the manger, I see a humble son. I see a humble son, why? It immediately makes me think of Isaiah nine verse six where it says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. How many of you guys are thankful that the father gave his son? He gave him for us. So I think about that. I think about a humble son, but then I think about John 3, 16, 17, that you heard our mighty makers quote this morning. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And God sent his son. He sent him and let him be born in a manger. Why? Not to judge the world, but through him the world could be saved. The world could be saved. And so when I see the manger, I see a humble son. But guess what? Then after I see the manger, I can't help but see the cross. And when I see the cross, I see a sacrificial servant. I see a sacrificial servant, why? Because it reminds me of Philippians chapter two, verses six through eight, where it says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. But it goes further because not only do I think of him in that, but I think about this passage in Colossians 1 as a sacrificial servant where it says, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace. Somebody say peace. He made peace with everything in heaven on earth by means of Christ blood on the cross. Can I stop right here and tell you something? I am thankful for the birth of Jesus because it gives me hope, but I am grateful for the cross because his blood gives me life. Come on, somebody. I am thankful. I am thankful for those things. But I go further in Colossians one. It says, this includes you. Some of the and say you. This includes you who were once far away. Do you remember when you weren't close to the Lord? We were all at one point far away from God. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Hallelujah. Man, I'm so thankful that Jesus died on the cross, not for himself, but for us. So what I see in Christmas, I see a manger and a humble son. I see a cross and I see a sacrificial servant. But guess what I also see when I think about Christmas? I also see a crown. Why? Because that crown, what I see is I see a triumphant Savior. Come on, I see a triumphant Savior. Because that reminds me of Revelation chapter 1 verse 8, where Jesus declared, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the the keys of death and the grave. If you're thankful that Jesus holds the keys, somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. I see him as a triumphant savior, but listen, it goes more. In 1 Timothy 6.15, Paul said, for at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God, the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He is the king of of all kings he is the lord of all lords so when i get to christmas listen to me i am so thankful for the birth of jesus i'm so grateful for the blood of jesus but listen i'm even more thankful that he got back up he got back up see here's why i like that he is the king of kings and the lords of lords because how many of you guys know he did arrive as a child but before it was over he became the conqueror and the champion of all things Come on, I know he came as a child, but he became those things. Guess what? He was a kid, but he became the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And that should make you stop, even during the Christmas season, and say, thank you, Father. Because that means, because Jesus is the king of kings, that means anything that tries to rule over you in your life has to bow to the name of Jesus. Anything that tries to come and rule, have authority over you, it cannot stand to the name of Jesus. But then I also understand, if anything tries to enslave you, anything tries to be your master, guess what? It has to submit to Jesus. Why? Because he is the Lord of lords. He is the Lord of lords. Why? Because there is no one, there is no thing in the earth, above the earth, or below the earth that is greater than Jesus the Christ. There is no thing, listen, Pastor, are you so sure? yet? Yeah, let me show you Philippians 2, verses nine and 11. Therefore God elevated Jesus to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on, if you're here today and you're thankful that Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords right now, somebody give him some praise. Somebody give him the praise that he's worthy of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you that you were a humble son. Thank you that you were a sacrificial servant. And thank you that you're our triumphant Savior. We thank you, Jesus. See, here's the thing I love Christmas, but not because of Santa and Christmas trees and, and presents. I love Jesus and Christmas because of the manger, the cross, and the crown. I love Christmas because of the manger, the cross, and the crown. Listen, I. I All of that brings me to this one verse that I've got to show you because this is where I've just, for days and days, this verse has just hit me so differently in this season. I I need you to understand, listen, everything we're about to talk about for the next 10 minutes, 12 minutes, it's got to be born of the thing you've got to believe because some of us still sometimes doubt. We've got to believe that Jesus really is the King of Kings and that he really is the Lord of lords. He's not a king, he's not a lord. He's the king and he's the Lord. He's the king and he's the Lord. But I want us to see this because, because this is gonna be hard. And, and, and I believe the enemy has tried to attack the people of God so much over these last 21 months as it pertains to what I'm about to show you. It's back in Isaiah chapter nine. We just read verse six, but now we're gonna read verse six and verse seven. There's this prophetic promise about Jesus that we see from the prophet Isaiah. Here's what he said in Isaiah nine. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of what? Peace. And then verse seven right here, just the beginning. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. If I've got a title today for this sermon, it's simply this, it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. But I want you to see this for a minute. When it says government, government they're talking about rule and authority. Rule and reign and authority. Of the rule and authority of Jesus, there is no end. Of the rule and authority and reign of Jesus, some might say it's endless. But then he goes further. I think this is important. I think even prophetically, not just in that day, but in the day we're living in right now. And then he says, of his peace, there will be no end. Pastor, how can of the government and the peace of the Lord be no end? Are you ready? Because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That can be true because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But this is where I wanna go deep for just a minute with with this verse and understanding. Because it seems to me that the last couple years, since 20, can you believe it's been like almost, it's, it's been almost a year and a half removed since March of 2020 when everything went crazy? But for the last 21 months, transparently, The last 21 months have brought some hard endings in our lives, haven't they? The last 21 months have brought some hard endings. We have said goodbye and buried people we've loved. We've grieved injustice and brokenness in our country and in our world. We've said goodbye. We've had endings in relationships and careers and certain liberties and comforts. And it goes deeper because so many people have admitted that it feels like that their hope has ended that their, their trust and their joy and peace have come to an end. And if we're getting real with this endings thing, a lot of people have come to their wits end with politics and pandemics and the pressures of life. See, see what what's, what's interesting about what the season that we're in church is that unlike the storybooks, the endings we have experienced the last 21 months, they haven't really, most of them at all, been happy endings at all. They've really been hard endings. Endings we weren't accounting for at the beginning. Endings that we didn't think were going to happen the way that they've happened. And if we're honest about this whole last season, some days it feels like it's not going to ever end. Feels like it's never going to end. And I will tell you two things that I have gotten so many questions about in this past 21 months. Two of the most, and I believe two of the most, pondering questions of humanity are this. The first one is this. Is God really still in control right now? So many people are asking that question. If you're not, praise the Lord, but there are billions of people that are asking that question. And the second question is this. Am I ever going to have and feel peace in my heart and mind those two is God still really in control and am I ever really gonna have and feel peace in my heart and mind listen if you've asked those two things in your heart I've got good news it's not over it's not over Some might say it's not over it's not over pastor how do you know of his government and peace there will be no end Of his authority and rule and reign and of his peace, there will be no end. How many of you guys know that the rule and reign of Jesus cannot be stopped and his peace is still as real as he is? His government, come on. His authority cannot be stopped. His peace is just as real. Listen, his rule and reign is not dependent upon election or appointment. Jesus can't be overthrown. He can't be removed. He can't be overruled. He can't even be assassinated. They tried that, and he still got back up. Of his government, of his rule and authority, there can be no end. He is the king of kings. If you're thankful, somebody give him praise. He's the king of kings. You say, Pastor, how do you know his authority can end? Because in Matthew 28, he declared, he said, said, I have been given all power and authority unto me. He said, All authority has been given. Psalm 103, verse 19. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. So, to answer your question, is God still in control? Yep, God still got it. God still got, somebody say, God still got me. God still got your family. God still got your marriage. God still got your career. God still has your destiny. God still has your purpose. God still has exceedingly abundantly above that that you could ever ask or think in your life. He still got it. He still got it. But then I go further, not just his government, but his peace. His peace cannot be taken, his peace cannot be stopped. Why? Whether it's in heaven, on the earth, or under the earth, it has to bow to his power why because he's the king of kings and the Lord of Lords so what does that mean if they can't stop his power his peace cannot be stopped either if his power can't be stopped his peace can't be stopped can't be stopped let me can, can, can I give you some scripture just for a minute that's where you say yes pastor well oh, you're in a Pentecostal church you can talk back to me it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. John 14:27. Here's what Jesus said. I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Now, I don't know who else just read that verse like I did. When it, when it's Christmas time, so when I saw the word fragile, I was like, is it fragile or fragile? <laughs> and if you don't get that reference, baby, you need a Christmas tree cake and you need to chill out. <laughs> but notice something, notice something. Jesus said, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace not the kind of fragile peace, not the kind of fragile peace. He says, but I leave perfect peace. What is fragile peace? Fragile peace is the peace that so many people try to have because it's based on feelings and circumstances and earthly things. But Jesus said, I give you heavenly peace that does not change because I do not change. He left it as a gift to you and to me. But I go further, Philippians 4, 7, it says, Then you will experience God's peace, and I shout peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Isn't it amazing? His peace doesn't end, but it exceeds. It's not just enough. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. Peace that exceeds anything we can understand. What about things I don't understand? His peace is still greater. Pastor, I don't understand the last 21 months and all the hard endings I've had to walk through. You may not fully understand him, but his peace has not stopped. His peace has not come to an end. He's still in control, and you can still trust him and say, even when things get hard and challenging, God is unchanging. He sits on the throne in heaven, and I can still trust him. He said it's a peace that exceeds. It's a peace that exceeds our understanding. Pastor, how can I continuously live within the rule of God's strength and the peace of Jesus that will never end? It's real simple. Some of us know this, but I believe there are people here today, some of you either have forgotten or you've never known it. Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. What has he done? He went to a manger and he went to a cross, but then he put on a crown. And he's now the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I need you to catch this. This is, this is paramount of everything today. Jesus gave us the chance to be right with the Father. And the text says, we have been made right. Jesus gave us the chance to be made right, but we're the ones that have to make it right with God. If you want his government and peace that never end, then you gotta do what it says in Romans chapter 10, verse nine. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And if you confess that and believe that, guess what? Of his authority and government and peace, there will be no end. There will be no end. I know that we have had some hard endings. But I promise you, when you're in the kingdom, there is no ending of his peace. There is no ending of his authority. And no matter what you walk through or what you have to go through, listen to me. He's got it. Don't end this year still doubting does God have it. Don't end this year saying I still don't have peace because of his government and peace, there is no